Hello, you are now listening to the Stoke Hub podcast. lads and welcome back to the Stoke Hub podcast. Um, you're joined by myself, Elliot, uh, aka Elliot from the Bear Pit. Not that Elliot, but we'll be joined today in the company of Jack and someone who's not who's been on here already before. It is Harvey, aka Harvey SCFC. How are you boys doing? I'm all right, thanks. How about yeah. you? I'm not too bad. Uh, just about getting there with uh, no football. It's tough obviously but you know there's there's more important things at the moment than football but hoping to get it back soon yes definitely so um before this we're going to be kicking off with the news that obviously they want the season to be um concluded therefore meaning games be played behind closed doors uh boys what are your thoughts on this uh harvey do you want to go first right um i'm not in favor of this at all okay um, I know they're going to have a lot of pressure from Sky, BT, you know, the broadcasting companies, but I think football is nothing without the fans. And I think if fans can't attend, I think um, I don't think it should go ahead. I think they should wait um, because all it takes, especially if they do it within the next couple of months, all it takes for is one of the players to get the, the virus and, um, you know, the whole thing um is ruined uh, so I think they should wait a bit a little bit longer and we go back to normal in say September or something yeah and Jack your thoughts um I think it I think that it's really bad idea really bad idea because yeah it not only not only will football games be boring without the atmosphere it will also make it a lot harder for the teams to go on if they can't hear you know the fans getting behind the players like in Barnsley's position, for example, I think their goalkeeper came out and said it could be very damaging for Barnsley to play without fans because they really spur them on. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah and something similar to this. I, th- I know I've said it to a few people. I said a trip to the Majeski where there's not many fans and there's not a lot of noise is basically as much of a factor with atmosphere as it is to a trip to Ellen Road where you'd think, you know, it's going to be really, really loud. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, yeah, so um, I think what I'm trying to say is... Uh, sorry, the dog's just come in the room. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, what I, my situation personally is on this is that I'm similar to you. I think it's a really bad idea. Football without the fans is nothing like... If a team gets promoted, the fans should be there for them because they've been through the hard times. You know, Liverpool are going to win the league after 30 years and fans can't have a parade. It's, I just think it's completely wrong. And I don't see how football can recover from football can recover from this, or even whether it will be damaged in the future because of it. I just think that the fans have to be the centre point of the game. And without them, it's basically nothing. Yeah, like you boys have just said. 
So getting into the questions now, we've got some questions for Harvey. Um, so Harvey, don't mind answering these, do you? Nope. And we'll get Jack to uh, give his input as well. So anyway, at Jackson underscore Dodd one, two, three, he asks, if we do manage to go down, what will need to be done? I'd say if we went down, um, obviously with the financial fair play situation, I have heard it's being relaxed slightly, but if it's not, um, I think we should get rid of some of the high earners. So you're looking at Jack Butler and Joe Allen, um, Martin's Indy maybe. I'd get rid of some of them um, and just see what sort of squad we have after the first couple of weeks after the dust has settled a bit. Um not too sure as to whether we'll keep the likes of Klukas, Campbell, um, unfortunately. But, you know, stranger things have happened. Um, and then I say keep O'Neill, even if we go down and let him rebuild with his own uh, squad through multiple windows. Because I said, on, uh, said to Elliot the other day, I said, you know, He's done it at multiple clubs. He's done it for a national team. So there's no reason why he can't rebuild with us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Jack, your thoughts? Um, I think we focus heavily on youth. Like a lot, put a lot of money into building up a fantastic young squad through the youth teams like Sorensen, like Corrigan. Um, Maybe we might have to sell Edwards because he's too good for League One. But like, um, Sanko is coming through as well so we've got a lot of really young players and I think if we do get relegated which I really hope we don't but if yeah. we do it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world yeah yeah. because if mean, we do because if we do build that really young squad we're then set for the next four or five years as well yeah exactly yeah. and I think if you look at a, a team like Swansea they went down and you know, some of their really young players like Dan James have really shone. And, you know, for their careers, it's great. But also, Swansea had a really, really dangerous um, player going forward. So it really helped them out. Yeah. Yeah. I think, look at the uh, youth players we've had in there as well. I mean, the players out on loan that we've had in there. Not so Tyrese Campbell's going to stay if we do go down. I hardly doubt he will, despite signing the new contract. But he's got goals for Shrewsbury like on a consistent basis you look at players such as Harry Sutar even who's been probably the best one of the best defenders in the league from going on loan Nathan Collins for instance he'll be just as good going into league one Uh, so I think the younger players will have a really big chance to sign if assuming we go down I hope we don't but anyway we'll just have to see what happens but the one thing that's going to be good going down is the youth okay and second question is uh, for Harvey and for Jack, um, what has been your favourite match this season? Um, I'll probably have to go for Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, um, good one. It's, it's a toss-up between Barnsley and Sheffield Wednesday, two really good games. Um, but I'd probably say Sheffield Wednesday just pips it because of the, the drama late on and the uh, absolute yeah. euphoria that, that came with it. Yeah, I've never seen home limbs like it in my life. <clears throat> the closest home limbs I've got to that was uh, Shaxbury Kick v Palace. Yeah. And, you um, know, for that, that 40-odd minutes, we, we believed that uh, we'd stay off, but unfortunately. Did not. Go on, Jack, what are you going to say for favourite match of the season? I'd say it's between 
Chef Wednesday, Barnsley, Wigan and Hull. Okay. Because, well, Wigan, not only because it was a a last-minute winner, but because it was a last-minute winner from Duke. Yeah. Yeah, the forgotten man. Everyone, Everyone went absolutely mental around me. Then Barnsley, because we just absolutely tore them apart. We hadn't done that for about three years. Yeah. Um, obviously, Chef Wednesday because of the last-minute drama. And then Hull because we scored five. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we... I'd, it's on. a toss-up between those four. I'd, pr- I'd probably say Hull. OK, Hull, last, ga- last game that we've just currently played. That was a good one. Really enjoyed that. It was a rout. I'm going to go for uh, two more that I don't think were mentioned enough. The uh, Fulham match, the uh, no, not Fulham, was it Swansea match? Um, the two-one last-minute Hogan. I think that was a really good match. I wasn't there unfortunately, but you know the same again, last-minute drama, and the fact that Jones was on the line for his job. I think that that was a good match, and you can see how much it meant to everyone at the end. Uh, second, go on. Okay, and the second one would be uh, Huddersfield away with the 5-2. Like I said, we scored five goals. That's so unnatural for a club like us. And that was the game when Ty really announced himself to the season, I thought, when he scored that double. Yeah, I think he was really bright that week, going from Christmas into New Year. Um, And if you think of some of them goals that he has scored, and like you alluded to with Hogan, the amount of points that you know, Hogan may have salvaged us, that it could be vital going into the last remaining games of the season. Yeah, yeah. You know, them two points, those two points that um, Hogan got us at uh, Swansea, you know, and the points he got us against Derby, you know, those three points could be the difference between us staying up or going down. Yeah, or it could be the difference. It's so, so tight down the bottom. Yeah, or it could be the difference between us and Birmingham, and that would be very funny indeed. And <laughs> so um, another question, we'll go, we'll go into two more questions. We'll go um, Edwards or Smith, and why? We'll go to Jack first. Um, well, it depends what team you're playing. If you're playing against yeah. Leeds, you want a more solid defensive right back, which would be Tommy Smith, because he's a lot more physical and he's a lot better in the tackle than Edwards. But I yeah. think if if you really want to take the game to a team, like we did against Huddersfield, for example, I think that Tom Edwards going up that wing and putting his... Because he's a great crosser, putting his fantastic yeah. crosses into the box. I think that that would be really crucial as well. So it just depends what team you're up against. Yeah. Go on, I'll. I'll I'll second what uh, Jack's just said. Um, they've both got really good crossing. They both again got great long shots. Uh, I know. Well, Tom Edwards scored that um, goal against Norwich almost a year ago to the day, and um, uh, Smith got that one in pre-season. Um, yeah. With how it's going at the moment, we I think we're good going forward. Um, Smith and Ince have been great on that right-hand side recently. Um, The only thing I'm not sure about Smith is that he does get dragged very central sometimes. We have seen that a couple of times this season. Um, But to be honest, I'd play Tommy Smith uh, purely because your job as a right-back is to defend. 
you are part of that defensive line and the whole job of the defend the defence is to defend. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think Edwards is still young, like let's face it. He's a lot a lot younger than Tommy Smith and I think he's got a lot more years ahead of him than Tommy Smith has. So I think judging going forward for Stoke, I think Edwards is the future, but for now it has to be Tommy Smith in this sort of promotion charge next season, hopefully, and getting out of this relegation scrap. So I would personally go for Tommy Smith as well, but Edwards in the future. And Elliot, the final Yeah. Have you just said that P word again? Oh, no. Yeah, promotion. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully. um, We're never too sure, especially the championship. And the final question is, both of you lot, what made you support Stoke? So, Jack, do you want to go first on this one? Well, it was was my mum's team and she got me into football by taking me to Stoke matches. (laughs) That's all there is to it. There's nothing else to it. Um, Harvey, I I know a little bit about Harvey's football. Harvey, so I'll let him get into that. But um, go on, tell it to the to the listeners. It's a bit of a long story, but I'll try and keep it uh, somewhat brief. Um, basically, it was my fifth birthday, and my uncle got me a, a stoke top. Um, and I didn't really know too much about football at that time because um, my family is more of a motorsport family. Um, we follow like F1, bike racing, stuff like that. Um, so I'd only really heard of two teams when I was like five, six years old, and it was Stoke and Chelsea. Uh, thankfully, I picked Stoke um, because, you know, support your local. And, um, yeah, I don't really want to be a, a Chelsea fan. Well, didn't at the time, and I don't, still don't. Um, yeah, it's short, kept it nice and sweet, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, that was nice and sweet. That was good, mate. Um, so now we're going to be getting into this topic today of goalkeepers. Um, Harvey's joined on the right one because he actually is a goalkeeper in real life. And we don't get mention some... ability. No, no, don't mention ability, especially with some of the goalkeepers we've we've had play for us down the years. I say, I say I'm a goalkeeper, but I'm more like uh, just someone stood there. <laughs> Fill the posts. Yeah, just just make up the numbers. Yeah. So I'm um, going to be getting into some of the um, goalkeepers in general. So um, the goalkeeper position, I've always found it as a position where it's generally frowned upon. Like you're not going to be looking at a kid going in, you're not going to be thinking about going in goal in the future. Or like you know, in school, the last kid to get picked always gets put in goal. And like it's a different, in my opinion, it's like a different breed. Like I remember my dad and I went to Stoke and just whispered to my dad, dad, can't believe this he's got the goalkeeper kit on <laughs> like you know you want to be the home kit you want to be the scoring goals you want to be the striker um that's my opinion on the goalkeeper position obviously Harvey's going to be a lot different but um yeah what are your boys uh, thoughts on the goalkeepers do you want me to start off or yeah you can start off mate right my reasoning for going in goal um basically growing up I had quite a few problems with my chest so I wasn't able to run around for long periods of time so it was realistically the only position I could play Um, and yeah just felt suited in there Um, I'm not really a fan of long distance running I'm not the strongest I'm not the quickest player and the less said about my um, shooting accuracy the better Um, but yeah I'm not the tallest um, player 
like goalkeeper, I'm five foot ten. So that's often very small for a goalkeeper. You're looking at, you know, you'd say Jordan Pickford being six foot Valdez, two, six yeah. foot three. You say uh, Pickford being six foot two, six foot three. Um, he's classed as a very short goalkeeper. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, I managed to somehow get my way around the net, uh, get, get myself yeah. around the goal mouth, whatever. Um, yeah, but I am quite springy, so that helps yeah. out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, good on you as well. And um, Jack, what are your thoughts on goalkeepers in general? Uh, it's a it's a very challenging position being a goalkeeper because you you have to be really clever to know about the body movement and where the strike is going to go and whether you, you think that he's gonna I don't know maybe try and catch you out or something. It's just very it's just a lot to think about all yeah. all at once. So it's it's quite unfairly overlooked i think yeah yeah there is pressure that comes with being a goalkeeper because like the smallest mistake can lead to a goal like if you miss kick the ball from a goal kick and it goes to one of their plays you know you're suddenly faced with a one-on-one so yeah it's tough but some sometimes it can be the most rewarding position on the pitch by by far yeah and sometimes the most vital position on the pitch as well because like let's face it you don't concede a goal, then the chances is you're going to get something out of the game. Well, I sound like Michael Owen then. If you don't concede the goal, <laughs> chances you, <laughs> you don't concede a goal, you are going to get something out of the game. But like the goalkeeper is also like a very brutal position because, like, think about this: if a striker's not in um, good form, for instance, then he can get like 15 minutes on as a sub. A goalkeeper, you're not going to get a goalkeeper and take him off, and then you get the other get, get the goalkeeper on 15 minutes to have a run around, are you? It's just you have to play, and that's the only reason you're going to get better. So you have to be like the best goalkeeper. Yeah, and it's very easy to blame a goalkeeper for a loss as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, just, there's a lot of blaming on goalkeepers for like poor games when the rest of the team was just as bad. Yeah, yeah, you can see that with Liverpool, like as in with the carrier situation, the Adrian situation, like because genuinely, if a goalkeeper makes a mistake, then the chance, like chances are that the team's going to concede. So, like if a striker makes a mistake, then um, they can easily like defend that and go upfield, go upfield and get the ball back, and that won't be shown on match of the day. So, yeah, that's our thoughts on the goalkeepers. Uh, we'll get into some questions now that we've had from the from the Instagram polls. And first question is going to be from Jackson underscore Dodd one two three, and he asks, "Who is the best goalkeeper Stoke have ever had?" I think I think we're all agreed on this one. Hopefully, Gordon Banks. Gordon Banks. Yeah, um, we're all in agreement here. There's only there's there's only one man. You know, he's won so many accolades. You know, he was. He's. I think he's the be- one of the best goalkeepers of all time, if not the best. Yeah. Um, just how how he managed his defense, because that's another overlooked part of being a goalkeeper. You have to organize that defense. Um, his positioning always on point. His handling was excellent, and his shot stopping. You know, again, excellent. Yeah, definitely. I, I never got to see him in the flesh, but what my dad's told me is the best he's ever seen, the best he will ever see. Um, Jack, your know, mum watches Stoke, I'm pretty sure she was in agreement if she got to watch yeah. him. She, she was in agreement. She wasn't able to watch him, but she she agrees that 
Gordon Banks is the best goalkeeper that Stoke have ever had. And uh, she actually went to his farewell match against Villa. Oh, right, um, yeah. And she got a programme and a little pin badge for it. And it was, the atmosphere was apparently very emotional at, just before kick-off when they were holding up the, you know, the green um, laminated sheets and it yeah. showed, a, showed a goalkeeper kit with one banks on the back. Yeah. 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 You can see, like, the impact it's had on Stoke-on-Trent as well, the whole area. I mean, it was just... Yeah, ev- the whole yeah. area is just in mourning for the for Gordon Banks, and he's not even from Stoke; he's from Sheffield. So that sort of sums up the man he is it's, as well. It's something that yeah. was very common in that squad, though. You know, not all of those players were from Stoke, but they've they've settled here and they've, you know, brought the family up in Stoke. You know, they're still in and around the football club. You look at, I don't know, Terry um, Conroy. Terry Conroy, yeah, exactly. Um, and just going back to that. Um, Gordon Banks mosaic that he did, you can you can just tell like how much he meant to not only the Stokies but also to the to the the Villa fans because you know he was a, he's a legend of English football. He's the only goalkeeper to bring it home. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I went on holiday to Malta once, and uh, you get a lot. Surprisingly, get a lot of Stoke fans in Malta or Gozo. Gordon Banks went on this like tour of doing goalkeeper lessons, and some people just um. Like I stopped them and they said, so why do you support Stoke? Two words, Gordon Banks. Like you see the save in the 1970 World Cup that's all over the world. You see the, well, even the West Ham save in the um, in the replay, like so many iconic moments of goalkeeping, how he revolutionised goalkeeping. And it's attracted fans to Stoke as well. Yeah, I know um, our current goalkeeper, Jack Butland, Gordon Banks has had a massive impact on the way Jack plays. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that as well. Um, I mean, Jack's obviously the, probably the closest we've had to Banks. He's never going to be as good as him, and no one is in, in the club's history. But you can see like the amount, how he respects him. Like Gordon Banks raved about him, how that got his confidence up. So, obviously, has an amazing impact on so many goalkeepers. So, speaking of Butland, here's the next question. Um, who should Stoke sign if Jack Butland were to leave? Um, I've in the few matches I've seen of him, I've been very impressed with him. Um, the name keeps us getting. Uh, Orjan Nyland, Aston Villa goalkeeper. Oh yes. Yeah. If Villa stay up, I could maybe see um, Heaton being the number one for him, and then, and then a number two of either uh, Kalinac, who I think's away from Villa on loan and uh, Nyland, so hopefully we'll be able to poach Nyland. If if they come down, I think it'll be very tough, um, as yeah. I think he'll be their number one in the championship. You know, if yeah. you look at some of the, the, the games he's played in, the Manchester City game that, that I was in attendance at, he was very, very good. You know, any goalkeeper's going to have a, a tough game when you've got the likes of Sergio Aguero. He's one of the best strikers in the world if not the best, and you're always yeah. going to have a tough game. Kevin De Bruyne, again, one of the best players in the world. Um, but even if we turn our attention away from that game, you know, you've got the um, two legs that he played against Leicester and made some cracking saves in them. Mm, yeah, 
And even so, if they stay, I mean, if they stay up, then they can potentially get um, Pepe Reina signed permanently, Tom Heath signed permanently. And also that lad you just mentioned who's on loan, his name just hit my head. Yeah, Kalanat. Um, if they got, then they've basically got three then. That leaves Nyland up to um, also got, go through um, his options. They've also got Jed Steer. Yeah, that's true as well. So the person, they've got a lot of goalkeepers and we could dip into that market. Um, exactly. Jack, who do you think? Jack, who do you think that we should uh, sign if Jack Button were to leave? Well, I think the simple answer is nobody, because we've got Federici and Adam Davies, who are perfectly capable goalkeepers. But then, but if we did have to sign a goalkeeper, I'd probably say Neil Etheridge from Cardiff. Yeah, he was my one. That's a shout. Because he is really good. He's probably one of the best goalkeepers in the championship. He's a yeah. great shot stopper and he's good with his feet as well. Yeah. So I'd really probably like say Neil Leatheridge if we have to sign a goalkeeper, but I'd probably keep Adam Davies and Federici. Yeah. I'm, I mean I'm not go on. I'm not hundred percent sure on um either of the Adams. Um Federici <laughs> out of contract in the summer, isn't he? Whether yes. he renews, I think it's going to be very dependent on the future of Jack. And Adam Davies, I've not been overly impressed with when I have seen him play. I've seen him play once in an under-23s game and it did take him 45 minutes to get into the game. Don't get me wrong, he made some excellent saves when um, he did get into the game and definitely kept the score down. Um, but I'm not sure. Because yeah. the, the two games I have seen him play, he has taken a while to get into the game you know the cup game at Brentford he was probably a few steps um too far forward a few steps too far back uh, but you know mistakes happen everyone's a human being so I'm, I'm willing to give him a chance give him a few pre-season games I think that's because he was low on confidence though because he hasn't been playing this season even how bad Jack Butland had been exactly, so I think that yeah I think so I was, think that was just you know, he he was low on confidence and he wasn't getting picked by the manager enough. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I assume he signed on the, the basis that Jack was leaving. Um, yeah, he said that already. Villa, his move to Villa didn't go through. And um, obviously he's now been in and out the under-23s, on and off the bench, anti a couple of times, under O'Neill. Um, I do feel really sorry for him because I think all of us can agree that he was signed to be Jack's replacement. Yes. And yeah. unfortunately, he's not been playing as much as he'd want to be. You know, it's not like a, a centre-back where you can play multiple of them and there's only one goalkeeper on the pitch. No, definitely. So I think most people, have, you may have forgotten about him, but um, I personally would want to see Joe Bursic in the three goalkeepers department. I would want Federici to go, not because I don't like him. I think he's a good goalkeeper. I just personally think he's not the future. Put Joe Bursic in, um, put um, Adam Davies in, and then maybe a backup goalkeeper for Adam Davies, or even a first-team goalkeeper for him, who I would say would be the likes of Neil Etheridge or Joe Hart seems to be the name cropping up by some people, but I wouldn't personally want to see him at Stoke with his form. I feel I feel going forward, I think having Bursic in and around the squad is going to be a lot more beneficial. Um, Joe Hart's a definite no-go for me. He's been in awful form for a number of years. Um, 
I think since Euro 2016, he's not been at his best. Um, I think when Pep came in at the Man City, I think he really, you know, knocked the stuffing out of him uh, when he said he's not good enough. Yeah. That was, that, and that was a big statement to make. I mean, when you say something like that, you have to get it right. And, you know, may, they brought Bravo in at first and they think, oh, what, what's he doing? But then you look at it now and it's a stroke of genius. So Ed, Edison is one of the best keepers in the world. Oh, yeah, definitely. If, it may be, if not, the best keeper in the world. Um, anyway, getting on to the next question. And I want Rory has asked you to name uh, your top five greatest City goalkeepers of all time. So... Um, Go Harvey first, if you can name top, top of your head. Top five? Yes, yeah, so one to five, one being the best, five being. Right, we'll go five to one, because uh, I like being awkward. Um, <laughs> I know that. We'll go in at number five, off the top of my head. I need to think. I'm going to go Simonson. Oh, yes. Number four, I'm going to go for... Sorensen. Okay. In at number three, I'm going to go Butland. Oh, very cool. So I think I know what number two is. Number two, Begovic. Number one, yes. Gordon Banks. Yeah, has to be. Um, I'll get on to mine in a bit. Go on. If I was to give an honourable mention, I'd give one to Peter Shelton. Yeah, you have to. I mean, best. I mean, he's got the most cats for England, and as he, he wasn't at Stoke. For a while, he didn't cement his place there as he did with teams like Nottingham Forest. But anyway, still class that we've had him in on our books. Um, Jack, uh, what about you? I think mine's exactly the same. Exactly the same, OK. Yeah. I'll, I'll know, swap Butland and Begovic around. OK, well, uh, I'll ask you why, why that I, is then. I'm going to give a reason for why I put Begovic um, at number two is because he's first player I had on the back of my shirt first player actually properly idolised um, I don't think he's justified is justifiably going to get ahead of uh, Banks because you know we've we've already uh, touched on Banks you know there's it's best of all greatest of all time but yeah Begovic purely just because of the impact he's had on me and how I play I'll have to go Begovic yeah that's a really good shout um, I'll do my top five then I'd say number one would be Gordon Banks definitely Two to toss up between Begovic and Butland. I think I'm going to have to put Butland second, Begovic third. Four, I'm going to put um, Peter Shilton. Uh, no, actually, no, four, I'll put Thomas Sorensen. And then five, I'll put Shilton. So that'll be um, my top five. And next, should we get into the next question? Okay, we'll get into a couple more. And um, we'll say. Um, Begovic or Butland we've already sort of touched on this but Begovic Begovic Harvey says Butland I'd say prime Butland that 15-16 season that Butland had was probably better than any of Begovic's seasons yeah Yeah. I can agree with that yeah Yeah, I can agree uh, yeah you know my reasoning with Begovic idolised him so. Yeah, yeah. Butland has been probably the best keeper since. Well, it's, like I said before he's the closest we've had since Gordon Banks in terms of England's number ones. But I think, yeah, Begovic was on a more consistent, really, wasn't he? Yeah, I I always look at like how the goalkeepers behave on the pitch. 
not just ours, the opposition. Um, it was interesting to, when in the few times I've been to Manchester City, it's been interesting to see how Edison behaves in his box because he is a sweeper. Um, but yeah, I like watching the goalkeepers, you know, what sort of positioning they have um, when the ball's in different areas of the pitch. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we'll get on to the um, goalkeeper moments now. And um, for those of you who are listening, this is going to be like the worst goalkeeper moments imaginable. These are the howlers. These are uh, what's been awful about Stoke in terms of goalkeepers. And even like watching Stoke, like the worst sort of moments um, we've had go for us, luckily. So, um, lads, I'll get into this. Uh, what's been your... We'll get into your questions as well. But... Um, What's been like your funniest goalkeeper moments that you've seen at Stoke or even against Stoke? I'd probably have to go for Barnsley away um, when keep, when Barnsley's keeper just miskicked it and it just fell straight to Lucas's feet and we all know what happened after. Um, yeah. Another one, another goalkeeper howler, uh, been quite well, been amused by was. Um, you know, when we played Huddersfield in the Cup last year, or last season, yeah. uh, their keeper just decided to come so far away, and uh, he ended up getting lobbed by, uh, I think it was Bakuna. Yeah. Yeah, that was a funny that, goal, that, wasn't it? I think I did more laughing than actual cheering for the goal. <laughs> yeah. Same. It was a very funny moment. If you, um, if you, if you watch um, my vlog back, you can just hear me just absolutely wetting myself. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that is, that's literally more... all you can hear. That yeah, was that's not... probably the freakiest goal that's ever been scored for us, it... and none of our players even scored it. It it was just, I think, because they were piling on the pressure towards the end, and I think their keeper had just come up for a corner, and he was running back, I think. Um, and then obviously, Bakuna just completely misses it. Goes straight over uh, Lossel, I think was in goal that, that night. Yeah. Um, and goes in. Yeah, I think that's more of a defender's fault, though, than a keeper's, because the uh, keeper has to sort of go up for the corner. But <laughs> I have to say that there's nothing more exhilarating than a keeper going up for the corner thinking like he can win the header. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Don't think, get me wrong. Uh, they are, go on. He, he probably could. If it's, well, yeah, if it's, I mean, it's delivered to, right, if it's in the right area, they could win the header. But again, it just depends on A, whether it goes on target and B, depends whether I think we save it of, and do it and go up the other end and score. I think a lot of those last-minute corners are just aimless balls into the box hoping yeah. someone will get their head on it yeah. instead of actually picking out the right person to win it. Yeah, I remember... I feel, uh, um, go on. I feel Sheffield Wednesday, you know, McLean's corner in. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that was sort of what you were saying. Just oh, try definitely. and get it, try and get it onto either Ryan's head, Danny Bart's head, or Vokes's head. Yeah, mm. I think. Um, and it finds with, Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think what happened was, um, oh, what was the other one? I remember. Yeah, um, remember um, West Ham last day of the season? If any of you were there, and Dan Randolph came uh, running up from the um, for the corner. Yeah. Um, I remember it like he remember like he nearly scored and everyone was like oh my god like if, that would have been so embarrassing if we scored conceded against a keeper but then the funniest thing after that is him scrambling back so you see both sides of it 
Yeah. <laughs> was that the one? That was 15, 16, that one, too. Yeah, that was that Yeah, was that was Jeff's last minute think, winner, wasn't it? I want to say they were um, fighting for a European spot then. Yeah, yeah. If I'm getting my seasons right, I think they were in for a European season. Yeah, they were. Because I remember the. Yeah, they um, finished. Um, they finished seventh, didn't they? And then they didn't even qualify for Europa League in the qualifiers. Yeah, that was it. That was it. Yeah, I remember. Um, to some Ukrainian team, I think. Yeah, I think they did actually. But I remember the chant because um, we were there and uh, the chat. They chanted, "We're all going on a European tour," and then uh, we just went, "You're not going on a European tour." <laughs> it was quite funny. <laughs> so, anyway, we'll get. Um, how about we're getting some questions at the moment about uh, goal or even just points about goalkeepers um, let's have a look what people have been saying um, they, uh, Lucas Stones 14 says he thinks that Jack Butland was the best goalkeeper in the Prem season or even Lee Grant um, worst was Halgard um, and particularly the Port Vale game in the 23s can you agree with him? Yeah um, I've seen yeah. I've seen Halgard play numerous times for first team under 23s whatever and the last game I actually saw him playing was a um, under 23s game against West Brom last year okay I didn't make a save do you not make a save he made a few simple catches but I can't actually recall him making a save no I've seen him play once and uh, once only I'm pretty sure and that was uh, for against Walsall in pre-season but the thing is, our defence kind of like shut them out. And I don't think he literally had anything to do other than just get the ball passed back to him. So haven't seen him. But from what I've seen on highlights, and I'm thinking of the Swansea game, the Liverpool game. He was, in my opinion, he was thrown into the deep end when Jack got injured and just been atrocious ever since. Yeah, I think if Jack hadn't got that injury um, or we'd have had a better backup keeper, I think we maybe could have got into Europe that season. Yeah, I, I yeah. believe so Or if well. we just started with Lee Grant in goal instead of messing about with Hallgard and and Given before he gave it to Lee Grant. Well I don't think Grant was there at that Grant time. Wasn't, so no, Grant no. Grant signed. Oh no he wasn't. He signed he signed summer after, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Because yeah. I, I think um I mean the Stoke goalkeeping department, I remember the um season before we had um Begovic, Butland and Sorensen as the goalkeepers and that was probably the best goalkeeper department we've had in like our lifetime. Yeah, and and uh, then you go to uh, Butland, who's like your main choice keeper, and that's it. To Given, who's probably there to give him a bit of advice, but he's really old and he's not got yeah, he another he, good match not, in him. He wasn't Premier League then, was no, he? no. And then you've got Horgard, who's the unproven one, hasn't played a Premier League match or barely even any Danish league matches, and I just don't think that worked. We should have got. A really decent backup keeper, Shea given third choice if need be. Yeah, because that's yeah. what um, teams like United have done now. Um, they've got Lee Grant as a third choice keeper. They've got Romero as a number one, uh, not number one, a number, number two, and number one. Romero could get into half them Premier League sides as a number one, couldn't he? Yeah, he definitely get. Well, I mean. So I think the Premier League clubs, and this is probably why Jack hasn't got a move, have sort of got their official number one and they're yeah. happy with it. So you look at Watford, they've got Ben Foster. Brighton have got Matt Ryan. Um, in Villa, you know, Tom Pope slash Pepe Reina. Tom so, Tom. Uh, not Tom Pope, I think it's Burnley. Um, Tom Heaton. Burnley, isn't it, Pope? 
Uh, Nick Pope, yeah. Um, so, um, I mean, every sort of Premier League side has got a number one that they um, that they can count on. So uh, that's probably why Jack hasn't got his move. Jack's, um, so, Jack's go best bet for his move was probably Everton before they signed Pickford or Liverpool before they signed Alisson. Alisson, yeah. I think that was his best bet. Summer 2018 was probably his best bet. Yeah, summer 2017 when uh, Pickford signed for Everton. You've got to admire him because he's like stayed loyal to Stoke. In oh, terms of like, I want to get yeah. this back think, up, which is I think, brilliant. I think once we, once that uh, whistle went for the relegation game, I think everyone was going to ex- was accepting that would be Jack's last home game. Yeah. Um, to think, you know, I wasn't expecting it. I don't think anyone, any Stoke fan, expected it. He's gone and done two seasons, maybe another one. Um, just depend. I think it depends very much on whether FFP gets relaxed, which I've yeah. heard it is getting relaxed a bit. Yeah, I mean, the the difference is that um, the finances and the Premiership and the Championships are huge, huge difference. So if you're looking at players on Premier League wages, then you're looking at probably. I don't know if this is true. I've not got inside source at the club, but. Um, Moritz Bauer probably would have been one. Um, Joe Allen probably was one, but that's sort of getting relaxed. Johnny and Buller were still on our books. So these sorts of players. I, you can imagine Jack sort of maybe not take, maybe taking a paper or to stay at Stoke if he was that loyal. So, I mean, he has been very loyal to us. I mean, I couldn't, I wouldn't have done what he did, not being a Stoke fan and staying the championship side, not forcing a move to the Prem. Yeah, that's, that's something I like because um, he didn't, really throw his toys out the pram and even when he was asked about transfers away he was very um impartial and said look i'm gonna we'll see what happened yeah if he'd have got the right move if he'd have got the right move i'm sure he would have um gone there gone elsewhere but you know either the move wasn't right for him or he just fancied staying at stoke yeah I think that's probably the case. Um, anyway, we'll get on to some other ones. Um, Alfie uh, says uh, Begovic goal was one of the best moments of the goalkeeping history at Stoke. Um, I'd agree with that. Yeah, it's not why anyone would disagree. Not goalkeeper scores, is it? No, not often that. Um, it's extremely rare, especially that quick into a game as well. Yeah, I think. Distance. Yeah, I think that mainly says what the Britannia is about, maybe than what. Asmir Begovic is about like it's always windy so just seconds in the ball's just like hoof straight across and Begovic has scored that's that's how windy it is so I think it doesn't really say anything about Asmir as a goalkeeper it may just say about how windy the Britannia is yeah because Asmir Begovic's distribution wasn't very good no no not as good as Jack's no, not as good as Jack's and not even as good as Hallgaard's because that was the only good thing about his game. Um, so, like, there was no... So it was definitely 100% saying about the Britannia and the windiness there than actually Asmir Begovic is kicking. Yeah, I'd say that as well. Um, with uh, I think that's great to have, though. Like, you've had a goalkeeper that scored. Not many clubs have had that. I think there's... I think there's like five goalkeepers who've scored in the uh, Premiership. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Is is there five? I'm not too sure. I can it's, count. I can count. Um, Robinson, uh, Howard, oh. um, 
Friedel, uh, Begovic, Schmeichel. Five. That's all I can count. There may be some more. I'll have a look later. But, if I um, recall, yeah. wasn't, wasn't Schmeichel's goal from a corner? Probably, yeah. I think it was for Villa. I'm not too. I'm not too sure. I'm not a Villa fan. I'm a Stoke fan. So I think the um, I think Begovic's goal is a nice thing to have as a club because it goes down in history. People like for goalkeepers are going to be seeing that for ages to come. So yeah, yeah Begovic's goal was decent. Uh, somebody also said about Begovic about his um, howler against Chelsea away. Any of you boys remember that? Not off the top of my head, no. I think it was it was the same. I can remember it slightly. It was the same match uh, Charlie Adam um, scored in the halfway line goal. Oh he yeah, threw it out. He threw it out to like um, what's his name? I think name? he threw it straight to William. Yeah, that's it. And then they played it to Remy or something. Yeah. Uh, what other was? There's been other like goalkeeper moments for Stoke. Um, I mentioned Hallgard. Um, do any of you remember uh, Bolt? Uh, we. Sporting Stoke in 11-12, I'm not so sure. But uh, Bolton last day, Sorensen made an absolute howler of a situation one time. Yeah, I, I've, I've seen that clip. It was awful. Yeah, it was. <laughs> that was very awful dreadful. indeed. Uh, there was, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll get on to my questions. Uh, what have been like your worst howlers you can recall off the top of your head for uh, Stoke? Um, Butland's first three months this season. Yeah, I, okay, I yeah. agree with that one. Um, so that would be Preston QPR. Preston QPR, Forest. Forest, yeah, just three mistakes Forrest, in a row. Forest was the last one, really, wasn't it? Uh, Charlton as well, you should have saved uh, a couple. Charlton, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, Charlton. But that Derby game, he was very good. I think he was very up and down once. He was either very good or very low on confidence and I, did, I do feel sorry for him because it's not pleasant um, no. especially you know God knows what must have been going through his head at uh, Preston and you know he, he was right in front of the Stoke fans so you know what we're like we always want the best and I think some people sometimes can uh, you know take it too far take it too far get on players backs quite easy yeah. but you know we all want the best for our club and it, obviously you know mistakes do happen yeah, they yeah. do happen. And I uh, um, think Jack... Oh, go on then. I'd also say Jakob Horgaard's Premier League debut against Swansea. He let two shots go under him. Yeah. Um, it, we were 2-0 up that game, weren't we? We were 2 nil up. Um, that's the day when I thought things were going wrong. In. Yeah, that's um, that's actually the day... Well, I was a mascot that day, and it was meant to be... I was meant to be walking out with Jack Butland, but no. England broke his ankle. Um, so it happened. So I walked out with Jakob Horgard and I was really hopeful for him because I'd heard good things about him. But that game, it just I just said, yeah, no, he's terrible. Can he's you just go to like the back of the line? Um, I, I wish I had, but um, they assign players to you before you walk out with them. Oh, right. Yeah. OK. So uh, what some of my worst ones have been? Um, I remember Davies this season against uh, Brentford. Like, I oh don't yeah, know. I haven't I haven't seen him at all. So that was like my first impression of him. And you know what you got? You know what the saying is? It's always good to make a first impression. And yeah, didn't really make a good first impression leaving his post, did he? Yeah, I um, he's only really played two first team games, if I can 
think. I've never seen him play, so. He's played uh, Lincoln away pre-season. Oh, right, yeah. Um, Apparently had a decent game. Um, I was on holiday for it, so I didn't didn't see the game, but apparently had a good game. Um, Brentford obviously played in the cup, and the only other game I've seen him in was uh, Stoke under 23s via via Man United. And took him 40 minutes to get into the game. Made some decent saves, but also let three goals in. <laughs> Not great, yeah. is it? Not a good start. Wasn't um, that the game where we um, had three goals disallowed as well? Yeah, that, that game. It was that game yeah. was a complete mess. Um, but apart from them three goals that Davies let in, he, he was all right. Very, very decent. Um, I wouldn't say he's so so much a sweeper keeper, but he's. I say with a bit more confidence, he could be a sweeper keeper. Okay, so uh, he's okay with his feet then. Um, with his feet, very good. Yeah, um, yeah, good with his feet. All right, that's that's good to know. At least he's got like some potential left in him. A Stoke. Um, let's have a think about um the uh, worst moments as for the opposition. I'm gonna go into. So this is like um, a keeper's drops in. It's full to crouch or something. So um. Worst moments for a goalkeeper's point of view for the opposition. What what are you boys thinking of? Barnsley away. Barnsley oh, away, yeah. yeah. Barnsley away, definitely. And then there was one. Oh, I can't I can't remember what goalkeeper it was, but um, he basically dropped it into his own net after Johnny Walters had headed the ball. I can't. Hang on, let me. Well done. I think that was more of a foul though, wasn't it? Was it given well though? It no, was given, yeah, it was bogged down, wasn't it? Yeah, because it was against Bolton, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was against uh, Bolton. Johnny Walters headed an, it in. Yeah. I've got another one from Bolton in the semi-final. I've got uh, I've got a few down here. But the first one is um, Jaskalainen's in the uh, FA Cup semi-final. Remember oh, that? yeah. I thought, he, I thought he could have done so much better. Like, watching the match they rewind as well, that just brought back into it, like, he should be saving it. It's so easy. Yeah. I think there was a couple of good finishes. You know, you look at Walters, is goal in the second yeah. half um, but definitely with um, Hoof's goal probably Hoof's Shinner yeah especially from that far out yeah definitely they've got uh, I've got a few down here I've, um, let's just see if you boys can um, clarify these I've got um, Joe Hart for Crouch's goal against West Ham um, I've got Adrian for Bojan's goal against West Ham Borat <laughs> for the Begovic goal Manone for Crouch when he jumped high. And um, <laughs> this is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, there's a gif on it on Twitter where uh, Boaz Myhill is surrounded by three Stoke players and he's tempted to put it out for a throw, but remembers the lapse there, so he just kicks it out <laughs> for a corner. <laughs> I remember that. That was that was against Wolves as Hull. well, wasn't it? Was it Hull, Hull that's it, yeah. I've got yeah, a, that's, that was I've funny. got a bit of an honourable mention for this. Go on. Courtois. Halfway line. Halfway line. You think he could have oh, done better? He was got too, a hand... No, too far out of his box. Oh, really? Think... You think so? He was very, very far out. I think to say Boric and Courtois was quite unfair because you don't expect a player to shoot from no. inside their own half and you don't yeah, expect that's... the wind to take it that far. So I think no, you've got you got a good point there. Um, but for a keeper of his calibre, you know, 
he is a he's one of the world's best keepers, and I think he should have done a little bit better, especially knowing Charlie Adam does have a really good halfway line shot on him. Yeah, I know. Um, Jack Butland was very conscious of it, uh, conscious of it when we played Red in this season. As soon as Charlie got it on the the um, edge of the centre circle, you could see him scrambling back into his goal. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think Charlie Allen's known for doing that though. Like they said, when he scored it, the Liverpool team was just like, "Oh yeah, he tried that all the time in training." So he, he is known for doing it. Yeah, exactly. And if he's got the chance, you do. You know, he's gonna. He can do it. Yeah, exactly. And as a goalkeeper, you're afraid of your reputation. I mean, Courtois already had a good reputation there, but as a goalkeeper, like if you're if you're um, a goalkeeper who's in just in the championship, all you're going to be shown for is um, that goal against from Charlie Adam mm. yeah. so yeah it's quite unfair um, what's it there was another there's another thing for. we'll, we'll wrap this up in a little bit but uh, there's another thing for a goalkeeper that I love is when they go and celebrate with the team like Butland this year was brilliant with it wasn't it yeah Sheffield Wednesday um, Barnsley well that was only because Klukas ran to basically his goal to celebrate in front of us and that's something I like you know players yeah Pepe Reina did it a lot at Liverpool. Everyone, everyone, everyone loved it. You know, it's not, it's not just the play. It's, it's as much the players' moment as it is the fans' moment as it is everyone else's moment because it's football's a team sport and it's for the fans and it's just nice that everyone celebrates together. And I know they don't let players and fans celebrate with each other for health and safety, but you know, it's just nice yeah. for everyone to celebrate in. You know, you've got your fans celebrating with each other, and you've got the players celebrating with each other. It's really nice. Yeah, yeah. sort of like togetherness within within the club, isn't there? Exactly, and you could yeah. tell, like especially that Sheffield Wednesday game, that you know the togetherness in that game, especially when we had Ryan back. We had, you know, as you mentioned the other day, Elliot, that um, Shawcross was saying to Bart, Macker, and uh, Tyrese when they got the equaliser, we can go again and get another. You yeah, know, I love that picture against Sheffield Wednesday. I love that picture. Yeah. Yeah. Another occasion when Butland celebrated with the rest of the players was Rotherham away last year with Bojan's equaliser. He ran the entire length of the pitch and celebrated with all the with all the players. Yeah, and the and the he, uh, fan who uh, jumped over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that as well because Bojamp on his Instagram afterwards, all with the, with the fan there, it's like, oh, it was always so nice to be loved by the fans. Like, always joking in a way, but yeah. you can see like the amount. I mean, Bojan's the classic example as a footballer of um, like fans and players, like the relationship he has with the fans. It should, I wish every player was like that at our club. Well, who has played for our club? Unfortunately, there have been a few in the past who haven't really tried, haven't really put a foot in or anything like this, but you know. They're gone now, and players like Bojan are the ones that we should be focusing on. Yeah, it's the it's the the players like that. You need to think of the positive times, like especially that Stoke Alona season. You know, everyone kept that clock ticking, and you know that's the reason why we got to a League Cup semi final. Unfortunately, we fell short at the final hurdle, but again, it's that the togetherness. Yeah, exactly. And togetherness gets you a lot further than. Um, I look at the relegation season, that squad was not together. And, no, you know, look what happened. But every time we've had a togetherness in a squad, you know, you, you you hear about all the players saying, yeah, we're really close. And I think yeah. 
I think your manager's got a massive part to play in that as well. I think it's a bit like that now, though, because I mean, I've heard things from the, uh, the Stoke, I've heard things from the Stoke lads, and they've always been saying, um, "So how are you um, sort of keeping together as a team?" And I like, oh, we get sent our daily works out, but luckily, like the team always talk together on the WhatsApp group, and we're always having fun on there. And we're always keeping in touch, keeping the cohesion alive, which is brilliant to see. And uh, my dad said, like, it reminds him of the 08 season with um, how everyone's sort of together. I don't know if it's going to be like that again. Um, hopefully so. I'm not going to mention the P word as Harvey as Harvey calls it. Yeah, but P word. I don't, I don't think we can go there yet. I think not especially yet. not until, um, and as you said again the other day, Elliot, until the ball's kicked and we say Christmas, you know, we might be in the top two sitting very comfortably. I think that's the time you start maybe mentioning the P word. But yeah. as we've seen in previous seasons, we've been tipped for promotion we've not done it we've fell very very short and you've also seen Leeds banging on about the, the promotion especially last season and they fell apart yeah exactly there's so many things that goes on I'm not going into next season expecting promotion I'm not going into next That's season good idea. expecting anything I've not got any expectations um, I'd be happy with top half Any, and I've said anything more than um, anything more than top half uh, playoffs automatics mm. would be yeah you know it by far a bonus wouldn't it yeah defy my expectations yeah i think I, there's um go on jack i feel like in the relegation squad it was more of a school so like you know our schools have different like different groups of people yeah. that hang out together whereas yeah. i feel like we've now got more of a squad yeah so yeah. i feel like um, I don't know, Arnautovic, Shakiri, Imbula, Martin Zindi would be one group, and then there would be Crouch, Walters, Bardsley, no, not Bardsley, but Shawcross, another group. It wouldn't be one big squad. I think that's something that Paul Lambert tried to bring in, especially when he yeah. took over, because he said, yeah, no phones, at, you know, no phones at the training ground. So that makes everyone talk to each other. And it's just little yeah. things like that. You know, everyone was sitting together at lunchtime or whatever. Yeah. And that's what you Poor need. Super. And it's what it's what happens, like... Again, I'm going to bring it back to a school. Like, say you move, like, going into high school or going into college, you will be sat with everyone, you know, getting to know, you know, getting to know everyone, icebreakers and stuff like that. Yeah, that's what initiations are good for as well, the, the icebreakers. Well, my, some people said they've stopped now, and I don't really agree with that because, you know, it's the sort of um, camaraderie of you being together, like you making an idiot of yourself. I think it's tradition. Yeah, exactly. I think it's brilliant to have that in a club and you get along really well. And I remember, I think Jesse did his uh, JM song and that's got like 20 million hits on YouTube. To be fair, it's not a bad song. I'm not going to lie. It's mm. not a bad well, song, but... It shows where his priorities lie anyway. But, um, yeah, I think uh, we'll probably uh, wrap it up here, boys. Um, been a good been a good episode, for, so been a good episode, I think. So uh, what do you think? Yeah, yeah I thought well, really. Thanks good. for having me on. Thanks for having me on. Been a pleasure. Yeah, that's, de- that's decent. Um, yeah, thank you to the listeners who's joined in. Thank you to uh, Jack and Harvey for uh, coming on the podcast. I uh, hope to see Harvey maybe a little bit more on this podcast as well. But... We'll have to see, like the P word. But anyway, that's it from me. Come on, Stoke.